in for him yesterday. I'm surprised they let me back on, but I am thrilled to be with you. Um, it's a chilly morning. It's, you know, was difficult getting out of bed this morning and it's early. Thank you for tuning in and listening early this chilly morning in Pensacola and surrounding areas. We are six days out from Christmas. I can't believe it. I'm really excited. But it also got me thinking about this whole 12 days of Christmas thing. I think today, well, if I'm calculating correctly, this would be the seventh day, Mm -hmm. which is seven swans of swimming, I believe. Yes. Now, my question is, okay, am I calculating correctly, number one? And number two, why so many birds? Mm -hmm. That, the logistics on that is, is yeah, it's quite uh, astonishing. Okay, I yeah, I counted, I, <laughs> I don't know why, I counted how many birds. There are a total of 40 birds mentioned in this, you know, 12 Days of Christmas song. We never think a thing about it, we just sing the song. Who's getting all these birds? I don't have a pond, I don't have a lake, I don't have, yeah. you know, cages. What do I do with all these birds? It's a lot of money. <laughs> A, a lot of money to spend. That's a lot to put on somebody. You know, you give them a gift and it's like, hey, here's a puppy. And it's like, I don't have the money for a puppy. I know, much less, you know, all the drummers and the dancers and all the things that come along with oh, that. Yeah. You know, I I don't own a small country. So hopefully um, nobody's getting me those tw- those 40 birds for Christmas. I, You know, I have a thing about birds, too. I'm a little scared of them. But um, we're not only going to talk about the 12 days of Christmas today. We've got a number of subjects coming up. Um, just as a preview, I'm going to be talking a little bit about some of the uh, vehicle emission standards money coming down from the federal government to the states and what Florida's doing with that money or not doing with that money. Um, Some of the downturns in military recruiting and what that means for our national security. Um, I know this area, of course, as everyone knows who's listening in this area, is a um, military and veteran-friendly Uh, part of the state of Florida and and the state of Florida in general is very military friendly and we're proud of that and so we're going to go over that and a couple other things in the news and um, one exciting segment I have coming up is the Condé Nast list of the friendliest cities in America Um, if you get the chance Please text us or call at 437-1620. Let us know what you think the friendliest city is in the United States of America, um, in your experience, and where you think Pensacola might fall on that list. Um, We're going to bring that up in just a little bit. But I really want to start with uh, a bill And, well, a piece of legislation that is now in statute in Florida that 
a lot of parents, um, me being a parent, it's come, it's really up on my radar, and it's the school voucher program. Um, I know this brings a lot of controversy with it here and there. A lot of states have fought back and forth. Um, it's not typically a bipartisan bill, uh, but Florida has had school vouchers for a number of years. But last year, um, the governor signed HB1, which expanded those vouchers by eliminating the income cap requirement to obtain one of those vouchers for your child to attend um, private school. But not only private schools, but this voucher can be applied now to private education plans, which is homeschool. Um, so needless to say, the, the elimination of that income cap has expanded this program. And I'm going to talk about what that means for how we administer this program in the state of Florida and how that's going. But right now, um, we're going to break for a few commercials, but again, my name is Anna Higgins and I am filling in for Andrew McKay on News Radio 92.3. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, a Pfizer vaccine. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine. It can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. The cost of health care is all in the news. Tune in this morning at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as ProHealth will be the guest in discussing how ProHealth medical membership programs can help you take out the stress and cost of health care. That's this morning at 10 as ProHealth will be the guest on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. When getting the job done right is job one, you need construction equipment that's built right. From compact track loaders to the world's number one selling compact excavator, the Kubota construction lineup features durable Kubota engines, more comfort, and the versatility to do it all and do it right. Visit your local Kubota dealer today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit the friendly folks at Coastal Machinery, now with 40 years in the business. Locations in Pensacola and Crestview. The Pensacola housing real estate market has been crazy for the past few years. How do you know when to buy or sell? You'll need an expert to help you. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel this Thursday at 9 a.m. right after Pensacola Morning News to hear real estate expert Christina Leavenworth with Leavenworth Realty discuss current real estate conditions. That's Thursday at 9 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. 
Get news at the top and bottom of every hour with WEAR-TV, our local news team, and Fox News on News Radio Pensacola. These are Andrew's bumpers, by the way. <laughs> he's, he's got some punk rock in there, man. Punk rock Christmas. So, yeah, that was the Vandals. So I'm enjoying these. There's so many I haven't heard. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, like I said, I've been so busy with Taylor Swift. I don't know what else to yeah. do. <laughs> Everybody's been so busy with Taylor Swift. I know. If they could yeah. just keep her off the football yeah. programming. I, mean, I don't watch ESPN to see Taylor Swift. Anyway, um... Where was I? So we were talking about school vouchers. So for a number of years, Florida has offered school vouchers through the Step Up for Students program, um, and those were income-based. So what those do is they allow uh, families who have financial need to apply for a scholarship, get funding for their child to attend the school of the parents' choice. And right now, um, Step Up for Students is a scholarship funding organization under the law, and they administer this program along with AAA Scholarship Foundation. But with the expansion of this program, reducing or eliminating completely the income cap requirement on, on obtaining these scholarships, um, the administrators of these scholarship funding organizations have been under a little bit of strain. So the founder and the chairman of Step Up for Students said that the expansion of the program and the wide range of the uses of vouchers, meaning expanding into uh, homeschool education as well um, in Florida. And I believe that's the first voucher system of its kind. If, if you have other information, let me know if you've seen this in another state. But it makes the administrating administering of the one of the more complex set of programs in the country a little more challenging. So the state is considering adding some uh, scholarship funding organizations. And I know personally, um, yeah, I applied for this scholarship for for our family, and it's done a lot of good. It's it's allowed us to save for college and um, do a couple other things in. Um, we really appreciate it. I know that there's some controversy over, you know, whether it it um, expands diversity and, and so forth. But we are, as a state, looking to expand those scholarship funding organizations to administer the scholarship program as we go along. And as I mentioned, coming up, I'm going to keep you in a little bit of suspense, but we are going to talk about Condé... NAS Travelers 2023 list of the friendliest cities in America. And I would love to hear your comments on what you feel, which cities you feel should have made the list and where you think Pensacola would fall on that list. Would we fall in the top 10? Would we fall in the 
bottom hundred? I don't know. We're going to find out shortly. Um, so a couple other stories that will be coming up today that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, um, uh, like I said, the vehicle emission standards and Florida's decline of federal funding. So I don't know if you've lived in a state where you've been required to have your vehicle inspected for either um, mechanical or emission standards. I have. <laughs> I don't know how many people in Pensacola have. We are really blessed in Florida to not have to do that. Um, it saves us a little bit of money. But um, a lot of states do require emissions and vehicle inspection standards. Um, so in 2021... Congress provided about $6 billion, $6.4 billion to states to curb tailpipe emissions and reduce the effects of climate change. So Florida, um, out of that $6 billion, Florida was supposed to um, receive about $320 million, or that was what was scheduled to be given to the state of Florida. So that is actually the third most of any state. I believe Texas got a little more than Florida, and California got a little more than Florida. So the deadline to accept that funding was November 15th of this year. So the Florida Department of Transportation started drafting a plan when they got the word that they're receiving this money, drafting a plan to add uh, trucker parking at rest stops, which a lot of the the staff of FDOT said could fix the shortage that kept drivers on the road longer, which would increase emissions and pollute more. Um, and the plan also suggested spending money on things like electric buses and roundabouts, which would reduce the time of idling cars and at stoplights and so forth. Um, so last month, however, the, de- the Department FDOT Secretary Jared Perdue sent a letter to the U.S. Department of Transportation that declined Florida's participation in this program. In this federal program. Um, why? So the statement of the department, Florida Department of Transportation Secretary Purdue, said that the program is an example of government overreach and the continued politicization of our roadways. So um, some Congress men and women in Florida had different things to say about that refusal of those funds. Uh, We'd like to hear what you think about it. Text us at, or call, 437-1620. So I think one of the issues here was we, as a state and the Florida Department of Transportation, were not sure what kind of strings were attached to this money. As you know, When the federal government gives money, uh, often, well, always, some kind of strings are attached. So, um, you know, one congressional uh, congresswoman out of um, Brandon, Florida, said the funds would require the state agency, so FDOT, to conform to unrealistic and unfeasible goals. Um, So... 
basically the state was worried about the Biden administration using this money to um, force the states to make rules that were extra constitutional and they didn't want to be, you know, um, tied to whatever the federal government wanted them to do with this money. And of course, the opposition to that has said that transportation makes up half the state's pollution emissions, and there's overwhelming bipartisan support for keeping Florida healthy, keeping our air good, and keeping our residents prosperous, and the funding would have helped. Please give us your comments on the refusal by the state of Florida to accept those federal department of transportation funds to reduce emissions in florida um the again the florida department of transportation has said there really wasn't a lot of clear guidance and they were a little bit concerned about the strings that came along with that um so we are going to go into and you know what I'm really excited for one that we're gonna have a fantastic guest this um later this morning around 7 40 uh Doug Bates who's a shareholder at Clark Partington is gonna come on and we're gonna discuss a little bit about um student debt and financial literacy I know a lot of us have either currently have student debt or will be or are or have had student debt and have paid it off. Um, and there's a lot of angst on both sides when it comes to whether it should be forgiven, whether it should be paid off. Um, so we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about that in the connect with a connection to financial literacy in general. What are we teaching our kids? How do we make them listen? And what are we, where are adults in America right now and their understanding of financial um, issues and their preparation for the future of their finances? So we'll be talking with um, Doug Bates about that today and uh, in addition to a couple other stories. And I'm really excited later to get to some uh, fun topics where we're going to discuss some unique ways that Americans celebrate the holidays. And as I was reading through those, I thought, man, I kind of want to go to a few of these places. (laughs) They look really fun. Um, We, of course, in Pensacola have, uh, for New Year's, we have the Pelican Dropper. Do we still have the Pelican Drop? I think that we do. I think we do, yeah. (laughs) Okay. And I was seeing... um, I was watching the news earlier about how Mobile has the moon pie drop, which I think is really apropos because a lot of people don't know that Mardi Gras started in Mobile. Yeah. I think I think we need to make sure that the rest of the country realizes that our area was the genesis of Mardi Gras. I don't know if that's good or bad, but... <laughs> All right, so we are going to go to the news. I'm Anna Higgins filling in for Andrew McKay on nine, <clears throat> News Radio 92.3. Yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. so I can give you a little preview of what we got coming up here. Of course, uh, Pensacola police still investigating that 
that shooting that happened over the weekend. There was also another shooting that happened last night on Hernandez Street, so we'll have uh, more on both of those stories. Also, you may recall several months ago there was a shooting at the Home Depot store on Davis Highway. Well, the suspect in that case uh, is going to trial. So we'll have all of those stories and a whole lot more after a Fox News update uh, right here after 530. All right. Thank you, David. And uh, we'll start traffic on the fives here at the six o'clock hour. And um, yeah, there we go. Fox News coming up here. Stay tuned with us. We've got Anna Higgins in the studio. Got a lot of great topics to talk about. This is Jake Walker. Traffic. Just filling time till Fox News comes in. Yeah. (laughs) Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. It's all going on. Happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays. Fox News, I'm C.J. Papa. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signs a bill making illegal immigration a state crime. The goal of Senate Bill 4 is to stop the tidal wave of illegal entry into Texas. The law allows police to arrest people they suspect cross the Rio Grande between ports of entry. President Biden summed for votes today in Bethesda, Maryland, but is his campaign worried about the polls? The latest from Fox News. Nearly 80% of voters think the economy is in bad condition, and it's not just Republicans who are unhappy with Bidenomics. So are 61% of Democrats. Fox's Brooke Singman reporting this morning. Former President Trump's legal team rejected by the trial judge Arthur Engeron, who refuses their request to toss out the civil fraud case brought by the New York State Attorney General. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. Off to a bit of a chilly start today. It's 40 degrees right now. Clear skies here in Pensacola. Our top story this morning, a man and a woman were found shot dead in an Escambia County home on Hernandez Street last night. Deputies were called to that home at about 8 o'clock. Now, so far, we don't have a lot of information surrounding the uh, the circumstances of what happened. Investigators do say they believe this was an isolated incident. There's no threat to the community. Uh, no current search for a suspect is ongoing, and we will update you as soon as we learn more about this situation today. Also, the investigation continuing after a juvenile was shot in the leg in downtown Pensacola over the weekend. That reportedly happened on Saturday night around J Street. The victim says a car with three people pulled up. Uh, and This was about 9 o'clock on Saturday, Saturday night. Those shots were fired. Police say they are looking for a suspect in that case. So far, no information on that suspect has been released. A church will be taking over the historic uh, Imagine Theater in downtown Milton. Uh, City leaders say that Liberty Church closed on the property last week. Milton City planner Tim Milstead tells Channel 3 that uh, as part of a new county ordinance, the church had to sign a waiver to allow new businesses that serve alcohol to move downtown. And allows those properties to establish and offer the consumption of alcoholic beverages within 500 feet of the front door of the church itself. They have done that in this case. And uh, Liberty Church Pastor Josh Lipscomb says they plan on maintaining the historical features of the building as well as looking for ways to make sure the building can be used 
for many public events. 19 new Escambia sheriff's deputies are about ready to hit the streets after graduating from the new sheriff's office training academy. I really believe that our training, um, we got the best that that we could get, and I really do believe that we are prepared, um, probably more so than what other deputies had in the past. And that is uh, Deputy Shanna Sikari, and she tells Channel 3 that for the next 52 days, they'll be on patrols as they continue to learn from the more seasoned deputies before they head out on their own beats solo. The uh, 19 deputies made up the first class to graduate from the new Escambia Sheriff's Office Training Academy. The next class starts next month. It is 534, and let's get a look at our our uh, Channel 3 weather forecast. That's what we're doing right now. Uh, 534 News Radio 92.3. We'll have a beautiful sunny and cold day today. Temperatures warming up into the 50s in the afternoon. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping back into the 30s, 38 degrees for your low. For Wednesday, partly cloudy skies, high near 57 degrees. Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 41 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. Uh, right now, 40 degrees, clear skies in Pensacola, 41 in Gulf Breeze, and 38 in Milton. Our next news at 6 and breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Do you want to stay up to date on the latest news, weather, and traffic, but don't have a radio nearby? Then you need to download our new app. With the News Radio Pensacola app, you can get text alerts for breaking news, severe weather, and traffic delays. Plus, customize your alerts so you only get the information you need. It's easy to sign up for text alerts. Just download our app, create an account, and select the alerts you want to receive. You can even change your settings at any time. So, what are you waiting for? Download the News Radio Pensacola app today and start getting text alerts. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Mary on Demand is live. Start your marijuana education journey today and learn more with Mary on Demand. Take the self-guided education series at your own pace. You'll decide what you'd like to learn and when. Visit mary.famu.edu to learn more. That's M-M-E-R-I dot F-A-M-U dot E-D-U. Mary, educate, learn, talk. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 is accepting applications for employment. Periodically, we have openings in sales, business, news, promotions, engineering, production, and programming. We'll keep your application for consideration when such an opening occurs. We also provide internships for qualified students. Apply online at News Radio 92.3 or at our studios at 7251 Plantation Road between 8.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. ADX Communications is an equal opportunity employer. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Need some last-minute Christmas gifts? Check out the Merry Holiday Street Market Saturday on North Tarragona for unique vendors and lots of special items. The market is on from 2 to 5 at the Handlebar. Check out the bird-watching event at Big Lagoon State Park Saturday morning from 8 till 9, presented by the Friends of Pensacola State Parks. See dopensacola.com for more. Find more events and submit yours at newsradio923.com. Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before pep talk on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling. 
Christmas. Hear the snow crush, see the kids rush. Good morning, this is today on News Radio 92.3. Yesterday we had the privilege of speaking with Representative Michelle Salzman from District 1 in Florida. And um, Michelle, thank you for joining us. We are going to tune into that interview right now. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, um, you'll have to pardon my voice because I've been um, dealing with a sinus infection, but um, I, oh. I represent District 1. I'm although, sorry, District, um, I'm in District, District 1. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> I, I'm everywhere, anywhere, anyway, right? <laughs> I'm but, sorry. Um, <laughs> and as long as I'm your favorite, it doesn't matter. I mean, of course I can are. be any district you want. Just just give me that, and then we'll be good. Yeah. So, um, well, good morning. Thanks for having me. Good morning. We just got off the phone with Dr. Horton from Brownsville Church, and he was discussing with us the Toys for Tots a dilemma they ran into this season and how you specifically and along with Senator Broxton and Lumen May and others stepped up to uh, fill in that gap. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. We, um, I, I was in committee week and uh, actually I was actually in committee and I got a text message from the pastor and I stepped out to call him because he never calls me for anything. He's usually pretty self-serving. He relies upon his community that he has already, so he doesn't typically need help. Um, so, of course, I answered the call, and um, he was just really worried about the kids that he had in his church that were signed up, and he wanted to make sure that they had toys. So I said, that's an easy win there. We can we can come together. I'm not worried about finding your toys. You can hang up the phone and know that, that that'll be all right. And, I mean, of course, everything worked out really well. Of course, he got millions of toys, all that he could ever need, but... You know, that's just the kind of community we live in. It really is. And he he described it as a Christmas miracle. And, you know, it takes the community, our elected representatives and others to really step in and fill in the gaps when these kind of things happen. And and that's what's so special about our community. And and thank you for the for what you've done and and for everybody else, what they've done to step up and. um, I wanted to also talk to you a little bit about, you know, today, just for um, the sake of, you know, what we've been talking about, some city council ordinances that passed, like the red light cameras and the um, um, prohibition on panhandling, but um, a legislative update, sort of like, what can we expect coming into 2024? Is there anything specific that you think is going to come up during session that might affect Northwest Florida? I think the biggest thing is the Live Healthy Act that we're doing. Um, it's a big package, uh, really pushed by the Senate President um, Pasadomo. She's wanting to do a lot in the healthcare world to try to fill a lot of the gaps that we have throughout Florida, rural communities, urban communities. You know, everybody um, from maternal health care to dental uh, services. We are trying to really navigate the the gaps and, and try to fill those voids. So. The big thing that we're doing this year is going to be that it's a healthcare package and I'm in healthcare. So I just happen to have the honor of being a part of that, but it's called the live healthy act. And it's going to be the biggest thing that we do this session. Um, it's, it's just an incredible piece of legislation that addresses a lot of the critical needs for our Floridians. 
Yeah, it really does. You know, I've, I've read through it and it addresses a lot of critical needs. And one thing that might be of interest to people is everybody knows a little bit about student debt and, you know, retaining some of these professionals that we graduate in Florida, especially in the medical field. What does the Live Healthy Initiative do to help address that debt and help retain some of those some of those students after residency? So it does, a, it does a few things to that. The first thing it does is it provides some debt relief for people if they agree to do certain paths in their um, medical career. Um, also in the rural communities, it, is, it um, puts more money into debt relief if you uh, plan to serve in a rural community for a few years. Uh, for the residency stuff, <clears throat> it does a lot there too because it's actually opening up the, um, the laws. So if you can't find a residency um, in the field that you're in, you can find a doctor that's willing to let you shadow and you can work under that doctor instead of waiting on that residency position to open up. Um, it, it really does address a lot of the little niche components of, of the healthcare community and just dives into what is it that it was lacking there and how can we address that specific need. I mean, we're even expanding <clears throat> Medicaid rates in um, the uh, maternal health world as well as in the dental, dental world by increasing the reimbursement rate. So maybe that'll encourage providers to stick around. Yeah, that's huge. And, you know, I do a lot of work in the area of child welfare in my in my lobbying career. And, and a lot of times it's hard to find, especially dentists, um, and especially in rural communities, um, for kids who are in, in the dependency system and in care. So that would really, I think, have ripple effects throughout throughout the state and throughout different populations, like you mentioned. I think it's so important. It is, and um, Florida hasn't had a mass exodus of doctors in the dental or uh, maternal health uh, components, but other states have. It's gotten really bad in some states, so we're just watching the trend nationally and making sure that we're not going to have that same issue in Florida. Great. Thank you for keeping up with that, and, and thank you to the to the Senate president for bringing that forward. It's such an important initiative. And also, you know, you've filed a number of bills already. I know a session starts in January, and one that sticks out and may, and may actually be of interest to a lot of people in this community is HP 57, which is the county commissioner term limits bill. Um, do you, could you elaborate on that bill a little bit for us? Sure. It initially um, came from just conversations in the previous years in the legislature. You know, when I first got in office, uh, I put term limits on ECUA, um, that board. Some of those members had been members of that board for 30-plus years. Uh, and in doing so, having conversations with my incoming speaker, uh, Sam Garrison, he said, I want term limits on everything. <clears throat> and I said, I do, too. He said, we're going to start with the school board. So he ran a bill put term limits on school board members and we got it at 12 years the first go around but then we went back and we changed it to eight years the following year um and then just having those conversations what's next and of course the first thing is county commissioners and so <clears throat> we're just following in, in suit with that we're going to do county commissioners this year and it'll likely be another constitutional officer the next year and if my speaker has it his way, every constitutional officer in Florida will be term limited by the time he finishes his eight-year term. So just really following in line with that and doing little pieces at a time. My Senate sponsor is uh, uh, Senator Angolia, and he's been very passionate about this for so many years. 
something he has. This isn't the first time he's pushed forward either, but it's my understanding that we have a great agreement on both the House and Senate side. So this should be um, should be a win for the people um, c- come the end of session. That's great. Really good information. Um, as every probably most of our listeners know, you're very involved in, and you've always been involved in a lot of community initiatives around, like you said, not just in the district that you represent, but especially in the district that you represent. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what you're involved in right now, where where you see um, some movement in our community, and, and maybe what our listeners can do as far as like participation and, and helping making our community a better place to live. Oh, my goodness. See, I love that you, you gave me that question because we didn't even talk about it. So you have no idea what I'm going to say. This could be so fun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... We, we, of course, we just finished up the Toys for Tots drive, and, and um, also we had angel trees that we were fulfilling, and then we had wreaths across America. Um, so there was a lot of great stuff, you know, that people could get invested in during the holidays. If you're confused about where to go or who to get to and you just want to help out, an easy thing to do during the holidays is maybe buy a bag of dog food and take it to the Pensacola Humane Society mm-hmm. Or, you know, go up there and offer to volunteer to take care of some pets. So, you know, a lot of times during the holidays, people think about the kids and and making sure that they have a good Christmas. But we have little pets and stuff, too, that that aren't really paid attention to because we're so focused on putting presents under the tree. So if folks are looking for something to give to and they missed an opportunity to give to, you know, the Toys or Tots, the Tots or the Reese Across America, you could certainly just call your um, Humane Society and ask them what they need. They usually have a list um, posted. Another thing that you could do if you're trying to get engaged and really make an impact is uh, get in touch with the Gold Coast Kids House and see what needs they have and how you can help spread awareness um, for, you know, the child abuse issues that we have in all of the communities across America. Um, for me, uh, we're going into December, heading into January, so you got the Mardi Gras season coming up. And most of your crews in Pensacola um, really focus on philanthropy and how they can get back. They don't just party and throw beads in, in the middle of the street. We typically have some other mission that we're focused on. So, you know, you want to stay in touch and stay in tune with all of your local Mardi Gras folks and see what it is that they're uh, collecting for. One of the things that we participate in is the All Crew Wars. And um, you would say, well, how does that have to do with uh, giving back to the community? Well, one of the big things is the Mana Food Drive. Um, we always collect food and give it to Mana. We also do the diaper drive with the Gulf Coast Kids House, as I previously mentioned, trying to provide diapers for Santa Rosa and Escambia counties for as long as we can. So it's one less thing that they have to focus on when they get those little babies in um, in their care. So those are some things that are coming down the pipeline um, that you could potentially get engaged in. Something that a lot of people don't talk about regularly would be um, becoming a mentor in the school district. Uh, You know, if you have one hour a week, one hour, just one hour a week that you can and you get to pick the day of the week and you get to pick the the hour, you know. But if you can give one hour a week during the school year, you could literally change the life of of a child just by going in there and spending some time with them and giving them that one on one attention. You can do that through Take Stock in Children, which is an incredible program 
I happen to be on the leadership council too. Um, and it's a long program. You start whenever you're in middle school all the way through high school and you have that mentor that's with you as long as possible, but you can switch them out. Um, you know, if, if, if a mentor, if you have to move and you can't do more than a year, a year is fine. You know, we try to get you to commit to the full year for the one hour a week, but the take stock program really provides a, a pathway for success for a lot of children whose parents have never had the opportunity to go to college, much less themselves. And then if you don't want to do it that way, you can always go to the actual school district and work through the public involvement, um, uh, the community involvement coordinator, and just become a mentor through the schools. Um, if you're looking for making an impact, um, I know everything that I've talked about is mostly around children, but it's the truth. You know, it's not a punchline that the children are the future, hmm. and we really need to just love on them as much as possible. If you don't know who the Public School Foundation is in Escambia County, I encourage you to look it up. It's a great organization that really manages all of that extra money and extra resources that are put through the school district. Whether you're in Escambia or Santa Rosa County, it doesn't matter. We, we all have our own um, public school foundations that you can um, participate or become a partner in. So those are some really good ideas, honestly, that, that just make a huge impact and don't require a lot of commitment, you know. Um, and, and like I said, a simple bag of dog food goes a long yes, way. Um, if, if You know, if 100 people brought one bag of dog food to the um, Humane Society, they wouldn't need dog food for a long time. Thank you for so. those ideas. We really appreciate you and appreciate you being with us. Have safe travels and a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. That was our interview with Representative Michelle Salzman, District 1, yesterday. We're so glad she could join us. And now we're going to take a break for some commercials. I'm Anna Higgins, filling in for Andrew McKay, News Radio 92.3. You love your car or truck, right? We love it too. This is Mike Ryan and Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories. For a cooler summer and protections from harmful UV rays, we'll tint the windows. For safety and security, we have alarms, backup cameras, and dash cams. And for the most beautiful vehicle on the block, our full detailing service will make it look brand new. We have so many custom accessories, it's impossible to list them all here. So come see us at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories on Industrial Boulevard at W Street, just north of Marcus Point Baptist Church. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS-certified PEO, Avalon HR can help. From running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that's fun and could make you money? Find out how this Thursday morning at 10 with Emerald Coast Coins. Hear about precious metals and metal detectors as a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information about this Thursday morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This is Renee with Jim's Firearms wishing you a safe holiday. Please don't text and drive. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Darren Costello at Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli Fine Wine and Cheeses wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Jessica with Pensacola's Kia Autosport, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. From his beard to his boots, he was covered with ammo. Like a big fat drunk, disgruntled Yuletide Rambo. And he smiled as he said, with a twinkle in his eye Merry Christmas to all, now you're all gonna die. The National national treasure. Okay, absolutely a national treasure. I was wondering what that was about, but I was enjoying it. (laughs) Love it. I'm Anna Higgins uh, filling in for Andrew McKay today. I want to give a shout out to my lobbying firm for lending me to uh, News Radio 92.3. That's Team 180 Consulting is who I work with. I'm a local attorney, grew up in Pensacola. And I work as a lobbyist. Um, We're based out of Tallahassee in Pensacola. And it is such a pleasure to be with you this morning. I was was able to join yesterday, and I'm excited that they brought me back today. Um, We've been talking about, uh, we've gone over the uh, expansion of the Florida Scholarship uh, Funding Organizations for um, scholarships for children um, K-4 through 12th grade. And we've also talked about some of the vehicle admission standards and Florida's decline of those federal funds. And I would love for you to call and text in with comments. I love interacting with you all, um, with the listeners. I love hearing what you have to say, getting your questions. Um, We're going to be discussing Discussing in just a little bit. I know I'm still keeping you in suspense, but Condé Nast Travelers, I don't know if any of you read the magazine. I do, and I read it online. Um, they came out with a list of 2023's most or friendliest cities in the United States of America, and um, those were voted on by readers of Condé Nast. And I want to know what you think is the friendliest city in the United States of America. And where you think Pensacola falls on that list, uh, I will be revealing that number coming up shortly. But um, as our area is a uh, mili- very military and veteran-friendly area, we've got a lot of active-duty military here in town and surrounding areas, and we appreciate their service um, tremendously as someone who's a civilian, I've, I've never been in the military, but of course I've got a lot of friends and family in the military, and uh, we really appreciate what they do. So lately, uh, one story has been coming up about the downturn in recruiting for the military, for multiple branches of the military. Um, a few, a few branch, well, a few. Um, parts of branches like the Marine Corps and the Space Force are keeping up with their anticipated recruitment goals for 2023, but the Army, Navy, and Air Force are falling short for their recruitment goals in 2023. They're you know between 6,000 and 10,000 members short of their goal. So um, 
though the percentage of active duty members fluctuates and has fluctuated since 2001, it's declined by 39% since 1987, which was the most recent high in, in recruiting. So um, a program run by the U.S. Department of Defense called the Joint Advertising, Marketing, Research, and Studies came out with a poll. Um, they went ahead and polled people who are the ages of 16 to 24 about their likelihood to join the military and why or why not. So um, 2% of those polled said they would definitely uh, be likely to serve in the military. 7% replied probably likely to serve in the military. Conversely, 32% replied probably not and 58% replied definitely not. That's 90% of young people who are unlikely to consider the military as a career path. Well, why is recruiting down? Why, why do we see those type of polls? And what does that have to do with national security? Um, if you have any insight on this, please text us 437-1620. But um, according to the Washington Post, um, why recruiting is down, is, first of all, because there's a strong civilian job market. Um, in, in so many ways, it's life is compared to what? If you can make a starter wage of $20 an hour or, and have a decent health care plan, 401K, um, it's harder to convince those people to um, join the military, um, according to this Washington Post article, and where, where they're going to have to meet some rigorous standards. Um, and, and that's what we expect from the military. So we'll come back to that in just a minute. But right now, we're going to go to David. What do you have coming up on news headlines? Well, the uh, first class of graduates from the new Escambia Sheriff's Office Training Academy is about ready to hit the streets. We'll have uh, some information on that. Also, of course, we're following the, uh, the shooting last night. Those stories more after Fox. You're listening to News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. 